Welcome to the Sanskara podcast, empowering UK medical cannabis patients, a podcast series by the Sanskara platform. I'm your host, Mohammed, and today we embark on a journey to explore the world of medical cannabis and its profound impact on patients in the UK. At Sanskara, we are dedicated to advancing the medical cannabis industry through patient-centered education and engagement. We believe in the power of knowledge and strive to bridge the gap between patients and the industry to drive positive change and improve patient outcomes. In today's episode, We step back in time to a year ago at the end of March, where I spoke with the CEO and the former communications director of Ananda Developments. With a license from the Home Office of the UK government to grow and stabilise 65 strains of medical cannabis, Ananda Developments' ambition is to be a leading UK grower and supplier of high quality, consistent, carbon zero medical cannabis. Their strain development research is clinician and patient-led to provide confidence for prescribing specialists and consistent patient experience. Please bear in mind this podcast episode was recorded last year and process has certainly shown to be very successful so far. The original podcast episode can be found on YouTube. This episode was originally in video format and questions were displayed in text. In this rendition, I will be asking the questions as would have been asked during the interview. So without further ado, let's get to understanding the industry. Hi everyone who is listening. Um, My name is Melissa Sturgis. I got into this space in 2017, got quite interested. My background is actually um, not cannabis or not medicine or anything like that. I'm sort of a capital markets person. So my career has been listing companies and raising money for things that I think are really interesting and, and um, uh, yeah, basically really interesting. So got into medical cannabis in 2017, listed Ananda Developments, put quite a lot of my own money in, family and friends. And initially we thought that we would make some investments into other companies. And then we were introduced to some guys who had grown medical cannabis for GW Pharmaceuticals as part of some of the trials that GW were doing for Sativex and Epidiolex. And partnered with them and over a long period of time made an application to the home office to grow for research in the UK and that's what we're currently doing. We're currently um, growing for research with the ambition of then going back to the home office and asking to grow commercially. So we can go into that a bit more detail if you want later but that's that's sort of the background. Um, I sound Australian but I'm my parents are born in, in the UK and I've been here since 2006 so I'm not going home people, people often say to me oh so how long are you here when are you going home I go well this is my home <laughs> <laughs> that's great and Zimra would you like to introduce yourself yeah here? yeah thank you again as also to, to have us on here um so my name is Zimra and I've been in communications that's my main profession for well since ever since I graduated really and um so I spent my background is really big sort of agency and, and uh, advertising agencies and I moved into marketing communications about seven years ago and I've been looking at this space and working in the space for probably about four years now and the reason why I got into it is because 
I think at the time I was looking at female leadership in the cannabis industry and how how the figures were very high at the time, but they were dipping slightly. And, and I I've always thought that cannabis has has therapeutic benefits. But when I actually started learning that they really, really have, it really made me think to myself, wow, this is amazing. And then I thought to myself, what can I do to contribute to this industry? Um, and then I realized how difficult cannabis was to communicate because of the, the, the stigma. There were so many different things that we need to be able to educate on. And I thought to myself, yeah, I could, I think I can, I can really help. But when I first came into the industry, I, I, I wondered where the patient voices were and I wondered where all the most important voices were. And it did frustrate me at the time. So when I met Ananda and when I met Melissa, we had a lot of shared values. Um, and one of those shared values was listening and really understanding what the needs were of the people who sort of counted the most. So that's when we started working together and I've been with the company uh, since last year. It's been, it's been really exciting. So yeah, that's me. <laughs> what is Ananda's current operations doing for patients? What we are doing is doing our best to stabilize some useful strains. So the feedback that we get from patients and also from prescribing doctors is that the, the medical cannabis that's currently being prescribed is not always as consistent and not of the high quality that patients need. And also doctors need, because I think it's really important that doctors also feel comfortable prescribing. So what, what we see is that doctors can feel uh, more hesitant to prescribe if they do prescribe and then the medicine doesn't work because or it's not as the quality isn't there or the consistency of the product isn't there so we've taken quite a purist view which is what we first need to do is get some really stable genetics so that each time we grow each time we harvest each time we provide a flower we can do it on a on a consistent chemovar basis, so the profile, the cannabinoid terpene and, and uh, the, the cannabinoid and terpene profile is consistent and that we can give you consistent supply as well so that we can actually have the product available all the time, not, again, one of the things we hear all the time is, is a strain not being available. So someone like yourself, for example, taking a strain, vaping, finding that it's really helping your condition, and then you go back for another prescription and find out that it's no longer available. And then you have, you know, you have to change, you have um, big gaps in your treatment, all of those sorts of things. So, so we're, we're doing that work now so that when we do come to the market with a commercial product, it will hopefully, all our best plans will be found, will be founded and will deliver something that's really useful on an ongoing basis. What stage are you at with research? Yeah, we're very much in the early stage. So if you, and please everyone follow and give us lots of feedback because we really like feedback because that's the way we learn as well. And, and as Inmar said, it's all about listening to the voices so that we actually provide you guys with what you need. Um, so where we're at at the moment is we've planted our first seeds and we're actually, we're just about to post this afternoon a video of, of the first pruning, which creates, which encourages the plant to not just have one strong branch, uh, but lots of branches so that we then get a large number of clones and the whole cloning process. I have to be honest with you, I'm not a scientist, so I can, there's probably people listening here who know way more about this than I do. Yeah. Um, but so that ultimately we end up with, with a good seeds of, of chemovars, of profiles that are going to be useful. So it's right at that beginning part. In terms of our research, we've got 
a number of partnerships. I won't go into them in a huge amount of detail, but we've partnered with, um, with a number of groups who'll be using our flower when we have it available and we'll be and also using our IP because we're spending a lot of time focusing on on terpenes and which terpenes are also useful for which indication so we've done been doing a lot of data scraping and looking at what's going on in other parts of the world to try and hone in on which which of these um, which of these chemovars are going to be useful i.e what amount of, of CBD for example CBG THC and which terpenes in which ratios and amounts are going to be the, the most helpful. So I'm sure you're aware, and I'm sure many of your, your group members are aware that it's not only always about lots of THC. You know, it's about actually the full profile of the plant and what's going on. And so not only have you got, I mean, I can bang on, on about this for a long time. It's not only about understanding which of these profiles is good for which indications, but it's also about the individual patient because at the end of the day it's kind of is a personal personalized medicine so everything we're doing is really trying to to say we need to to grow these plants and produce profiles in in a consistent and stable way as possible because that then keeps the regulators happy and the doctors happy because it sort of looks more like a medicine that they recognize but also maintaining respect for what we know and you know, which is that you actually need the whole plant and you need all of these things going on to get the best, um, the best results for, for patients. Why have you chosen to grow outdoors? Yeah, so they're called multi-chapelles and they're sort of, they're sophisticated tunnels. So we try not to call them tunnels as such because that sounds, sort of kind of sounds too basic. So they're very sophisticated growing units which as I think we posted the other day, you know, they've got fan, big fans in them, which are all controlled by computers to ensure that you've got the right air circulation. Um, there are vents at the side and the top, which are thrups proof. So there's a, like a little midgy insect type thing that can get on plants. So they're thrups proof. So they're, they're, you know, they provide a natural ventilation, which is then moved around the tunnels with these fans. Um, but you can't get any insects or anything inside them. So we're growing in that environment because for a number of reasons. Um, one, we have chosen to take a, a, um, no, a no artificial light, no artificial heat approach. And a lot of people say, well, that's a really crazy idea because you're growing in the UK. Actually, if you think about the UK, it is a wonderful place to grow lots of plants. Um, Lots of, uh, lots of salad leaves, for example, which is what our guides have a, have a history in growing. So actually it's not hot weather that you need necessarily to grow cannabis plants. In fact, you don't want it to be really hot. What you want is about sort of mid twenties degree Celsius and you want light. And in the growing regions of the UK, um, you have a very long band of, of daylight. And actually I was discussing this with our geneticist this morning. So you have 12 hours of daylight and that's what you really want. So you don't actually need to have artificial light and artificial heat. We don't want to do that for a number of reasons. One, it's really expensive. B, it's really bad for the environment. Um, and thirdly, actually the best plants you're going to get are plants that have natural light from, from the sun and from the environment, not artificial light. So there is no artificial light that can yet 
replicate exactly what you get from nature. So there are sort of main reasons. And the follow on from that, and it's really important, is that it means that your capital cost is much less and your operating costs are much lower, which then means that you don't have to try and grow huge numbers to cover your costs. So then you don't have this problem, which it just becomes about a land, not, not a land grab, it just becomes about scale and footprint and size, which is then when you're starting something out, you know, you have to feel your way a little bit to get it right. So what we believe, you know, we, this is our view from looking at what's gone on in the world uh, with other, other cannabis facilities is that the best place to start is on a smaller scale so that we actually get it right. And then when we've got that right, then we can scale it to meet demand. What we're worried about is if we go with a very high capex approach that you're kind of forced into growing so many plants just to cover the costs. And then you end up with problems that you haven't anticipated, you know, the labor force you need, um, all the technology you need, the drying you need, the processing you need, and then you've got to sell it. And if you can't sell it, then it sits around for too long and then it has to be destroyed. So all of those kind of actual practical business problems that come out of it uh, really start to impact on your business. So what we want to do is start with low capex, low opex, and grow at a scale that meets the needs of the market at the moment. And then we can scale that as we go, but also doing something that's much better for the environment and much better for the plant. Would you consider hiring subject matter experts? Yeah, no reason why not. The challenge that, that for us is to be able to convert subject matter expertise into commercial scale growing or planting, you know, um, methodologies. So that's, that's sort of, it's about the scalability at the end of the day. So yeah, I don't see why not. Do you think the industry should play a role in pressuring the government and regulators for better access to medical cannabis? If we can show the MHRA and we can show the NHS that good, really good quality medicine can be produced in the UK and manufactured in the UK and delivered to patients and it can benefit them, that that's probably our best contribution to helping them change their mind because we'll then start to provide that evidence that actually it is working, it is consistent. People like you won't be having to try and create groups to go and talk to NICE because you'll be saying, hey, you know, this is, it, it's now working. So we sort of see ourselves as saying, okay, what are the rules? What are the regulations? How do we best operate within them to get where we want to go? And we, and we talk as, you know, Zinmar particularly talks all the time to all the lobby groups, all the patient groups. So we're always talking and listening to see what's going on and how we can support, but we don't really believe that that the best use of our skills and time is not leadership in those areas. We let people who are really good at that do that. And then and what we'll do is we'll try and really do the best at creating medicine. At this point, is it really is about creating a bit more stability and a bit more, um, yeah, a bit, bit more stability towards the whole market, because I think that's what we see across the board, you know, the actual sort of stability, whether it's the aftercare service or the product itself. And that's what Ananda is able to do. And I think what, coming into the team, 
I've been working with many teams um, across the board, but in terms of the experience that the team has got, you know, it's the right team for the to be able to create that stability and to be able to create a little bit of foresight. And that's one that's one thing that the patients don't have. They don't have visibility on the supply. They don't have visibility on the consistency. So, you know, one thing that I've really learned from from Ananda is is just the approach in itself is extremely important and to be able to actually interrogate every part of this process, whether it's the cultivation side, which Melissa has gone into, but also areas around the consumer needs and wants, whether that's the packaging or whether that's <clears throat> the aftercare or really understanding sort of issues around the stigma. So there's so many different areas that can be interrogated. And what's so wonderful about this approach is that we are looking at looking at it from a very 360 you know point of view it's not just about the cultivation it's not just about the product it's about everything in total working together and being interrogated to see where it can be made better as a process do you believe there's cynicism within government that affects the belief that medical cannabis products only provide benefit in extreme and rare conditions no i don't so our experience has only been positive in our in in the in the communication we've had with the regulators um, it's been conservative yes it's been rigorous yes it's been a lot of work yes but it's been constructive and we're not there yet because we're not commercial we're not growing commercially yet but we are as you see from our social media you know we are growing plants and we're doing stuff with them and we're we're moving in that direction so no more more conservatism but you know that's the uk anyway isn't it does ananda developments intend to get rec approval so we're working up some some research uh, at the moment which yes will have to go for ethics approval and all of those sorts of things absolutely because at the end of the day part of our mandate is to make a contribution to the body of knowledge about medical cannabis yeah so absolutely we're 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 working up on all of that at the moment. So um, I can't really kind of look too far in the future, but yes, we have we have a number of collaborations. So the, the sorts of research we're looking at will be um, fairly specific around, around cannabinoid profiles and how they might help is a certain pain study that's going on. So we're sort of looking at that. Um, we're also doing this work with Israeli scientists who are sort of 10 years ahead of us in a lot of the genetic type stuff. So really looking at what's going on with the profiles and what's useful for what indications. So, so that, and certainly once we get initial flower, we will definitely look to some prescribing trials where actually our flower is prescribed and then we will track the patient's progress and all of that, yes, we'll, we'll make sure we go through all the right rec. Oops. Rec approval may help towards access on the NHS. hundred percent. It's all, you know, there's this sort of frustration at the moment, I think, because the plant has been used for so many thousands of years that there's all this anecdotal knowledge um, and, and the NHS and NICE say, well, we need that in scientific form, yeah. clinical studies, all of that. And I'm actually really glad to hear you say that. So, you know, yes, you've got to keep the pressure on us because we have to do that work so that that body of knowledge is there. And this is one of the things, you know, we've just done some research actually with, um, with prescribers and they're all saying, well, not, I shouldn't say all saying, but some of the feedback is from a prescriber, look, we really, you know, we've got ourselves comfortable with medical cannabis. We now need to start making the case 
to our trust. We need we need information, we need data. So you need to help us argue our case. And so the more the more data we can get, the easier it is for to us to argue our case. How do we reach cannabis naive patients to improve research and data? Starting to talk to groups that are focused around indications or conditions, not focused around cannabis. A lot of it has to be face-to-face. And as Melissa was saying, it, it really is about building the relationships with the wider audiences and taking it out of that. You call it a fishbowl, I call it an echo chamber, but at the same time, it's, it's the same, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's very difficult, but I think it's not, you'll hear this a lot in the industry, it's not um, a sprint, it's a marathon, and we have to crack this gently, gradually and gently and that's the kind of things that we're trying to do at Ananda at the moment but it really is a sort of it's a relationship building um, exercise and it really is about kind of face to face with with many different groups and whether that's kind of going on road shows or whether it's uh, actually speaking a lot of just speaking to people through conferences and events it, it really is going to take uh, many different types of channels to be able to get the message through and given the restrictions that we have in this country um, it takes it takes a lot of us many groups to be able to to create that the, enough messaging to be able to get it out there and, and it really is just keep on going <laughs> we just have to keep on going and have to make sure that we just get those messages out so it's it's a challenge but we'll we'll get there and it might take a, a couple of years or a few years but we'll we'll get there what's the biggest impediment to medical cannabis in the uk probably money you know probably getting because it's not it's not cheap to do research and and I think there's quite a lot of interest in doing research but it's getting it's sort of getting organized you know it's just a time these things just take time to get organized and get up so I don't think there are well I suppose there are impediments otherwise it'd be a you know a landslide but I mean sure I hope you're noticing as are we that there's more and more research coming out all the time so I think it is happening and I think there's been a mindset shift from we have to fight against that and say, this is different. Um, the authorities have to accept that it just works and that's just the end of it. I think there's been a mindset shift to say, okay, so we, we have to provide this evidence. So, okay, now let's go and do it. So I think probably it's, it's you know, it's sort of money. And, and also the other thing is the cannabis plant is hugely complex. So you've got 100, over 140 cannabinoids and however many terpenes and you've got flavonoids. And if you talk to a lot of people, there's all sorts of other things going on in the plant which have benefits. So if you are if you think about it from a statistical perspective, the number of um, combinations and permutations of individual constituents that need to be looked at to see what is actually going on is really complex. So if you go back to sort of, you know the standard random controlled trials and again i'm not a scientist random controlled trials which look at single molecules and what they do for something this is right at the other end of the spectrum so how do you how do you maintain sort of intellectual respect or scientific respect for the fact that this plant is really complex and you can't just kind of well you can but i think many patients would argue there's no point in looking at bits of it in isolation so how can you look at it with enough complexity to be respectful of its potential impact, but also in enough granular detail that you can make scientists who want to put these things in journals happy. So it's so I hope you've seen um, that there's now more of a focus on 
how do we frame real world evidence in a way that it can be reported in scientific journals so there's a lot more work on that and that's really really interesting that that's a bit of a breakthrough aha moment i think that that a scientific journal will say okay we can now accept something that's more real world and complex it's not just as simple as one little molecule so i think that's probably those couple of things is you got you're dealing with a really complex plant and you're dealing with um with um you know the need for for money what medical cannabis products do you intend on producing for the market we've got a lot of work to do to get the strains get the strain stabilization right and get the right chemovars in our in, in that we want to go commercial with certainly starting off with flour and then oil because flour is a less complicated manufacturing process and then introducing oil where we're not fans of sort of ethanol production uh, ethanol extraction because it's quite crude and i think you end up not only on the terp with the terpene profile um it is it is changed and destroyed at the same time so not only do you end up with a different ratio of terpenes you end up with fewer of them in the final product so so it's it's making sure we use extraction technologies that maintain the most of the profile of the plant and um, but starting with flour that's the end of the podcast thank you for listening and thanks to ananda for providing your seat time And finally to add if you believe in our mission to advance the medical cannabis industry through patient-centered education and engagement we invite you to become a member of our Patreon community by joining us on Patreon you'll gain access to exclusive content behind the scenes insights and opportunity to directly support our work your contribution as a Patreon member will enable us continue producing high quality podcasts conducting vital research and advocating for positive change in the UK medical cannabis landscape together we can empower patients drive innovation and shape a more compassionate future to become a member of our Patreon community simply visit patreon.com/slash the Sanskara platform. We deeply appreciate your support and every contribution, no matter the size, makes a significant impact in furthering our mission. We would like to extend our heartfelt gratitude to all our listeners for joining us on this journey. Your engagement and dedication to learning are, are the driving force behind our efforts. Stay tuned for our upcoming episodes where we'll continue to explore the vast realm of medical cannabis, sharing valuable insights, expert interviews and empowering stories. Together, let's make a difference in the lives of medical cannabis patients in the UK. Thank you again for your support and for being a part of the Sanskara platform. Until next time, stay curious, stay empowered and remember that positive change begins with knowledge. Music.